Hi, I'm Mark, and thank you for joining me today on Words of Truth. Well, Ontario is in yet another lockdown of sorts with rising cases of COVID-19 and ERs being overwhelmed. At least that's the reason we're being given by the doctors and government. If you live in a different part of the country or world, you're probably seeing a variation of how COVID is being treated, and whatever is being done is rather confusing to most of us, well, laymen. Nevertheless, we agree that this is a real virus, and yet, along with the virus itself, it's bringing what is being called COVID fatigue. People are feeling more exhausted, even though most of their work is being done on the phone or on a screen. People are losing motivation. People are losing their connection with one another and just feeling overall overwhelmed with it all. Maybe that's you today. This fatigue factor is intensified by the partisan political culture that's infecting our lives with divisiveness and hostility and low trust and broken relationships. I've been a pastor for 40 years, and I can tell you that COVID fatigue is a hard-hitting reality for, for most ministers that I know. Ministers, you know, are firefighters of the spiritual world, hardwired to rush in when things are hard to provide leadership and strategy for resolution. You know, COVID has changed the rules of engagement for us, and some of our best tools for managing a crisis are no longer available. In fact, let me read a testimony of one pastor who said, quote, much of my frustration comes from the fact that the things I love most about the ministry, such as visiting and engaging with people in times of need and celebration, can no longer be done. Instead, the things that I enjoy least about ministry, the technical, operational minutia of institutional life are what I'm doing twice as much of. During a funeral of a significant member of the church for a small gathering of 10 family members who are masked and distant and not being able to hug the widow of 60 years of marriage is heartbreaking, end quote. I don't think that's the case just for pastors. I think it's also the case for anyone who wants to care for others, for family members with a loved one in a senior's home, for grandparents who can't be with their grandkids, even for employees who can't be with their workmates. It's all reason for COVID fatigue. Now, it seems like the vaccines arriving have given some society some hope, whether you're a fan of vaccines or not, or whether you'll be actually getting your shot in the arm or not is not the point. The vaccines indeed are giving people some hope at the end of the tunnel. It's giving people some hope that maybe society can return to some normalcy and to our collective lives in time. And yet, Having said that, my personal concern is that we'll find that the fantasy of a return to normal is just that, a fantasy. I wonder if something fundamental about our lives have shifted and changed and will require ongoing resilience to manage and adapt to for a longer period of time than 
what we imagined it would. The word that keeps coming to mind is that word resilience. Resilience. It's actually a biblical idea, you know. Many times the word used in the Bible are endurance or steadfastness, especially in times of persecution. The Apostle Paul counseled young Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 10. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. And there's our word again, translated steadfastness. And what about in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 when Paul said that love is patient and kind and love bears all things? and endures all things. Resilience, that word just keeps coming up, albeit in different forms. Resilience, perseverance, steadfastness, those are all words that define the early church who were going through a time of hardship and cultural rejection. In fact, martyrs and saints across the centuries have lived out this idea at a great cost and with much suffering. Even today, we have brothers and sisters in Christ in parts of the world where governments have criminalized the Christian faith. And these followers of Christ are our heroes, would you not agree? And they give us inspiration when we think about their tenacity and resilience in the face of genuine persecution. But now... We're all facing a worldwide disaster unseen in our generation, in my generation. I mean, past generations have faced calamities that we have never seen. My dad turns 102 years of age this May. And in his lifetime alone, there was the influenza pandemic that took 17 to 100 million people worldwide. World War II took place where there was an estimate of 50 to 56 million who died. There was the Asian flu that killed at least a million people worldwide. There was a Spanish flu that killed 50 million people worldwide. And there were the famines and droughts and earthquakes and the depression and dust bowls and other disasters that took place, just to name a few disasters that happened just in my dad's lifetime. And now our generation is facing COVID-19, which isn't coming anywhere near the death tolls of past disasters, by the way, but it is real nonetheless. And we're all being called upon to exercise resilience muscles that have, in a sense, atrophied from being underdeveloped and underused. And it's in this last mile phase we're currently in that will especially require the essential quality of what? Resilience. In thinking about this, I've been considering how important it is for us as followers of Christ and for churches to shift from reacting out of urgency toward engaging in conversations about importance. I think it will become increasingly important to use this crisis to gain a new understanding of the purpose and place of the church. 
I think this will provide us with the endurance and resilience to finish this race well. It's no more business as usual. And I don't, I don't really think that we'll ever return to what we considered as normal, but I think we have to begin thinking about what a new normal will look like. And people and church leadership boards and ministers and business owners and laborers are all going to have to come to terms with the new normal and how to navigate it for some time to come. I also believe that the aftermath of the pandemic will be just as intense as the crisis itself. That means that resilience and endurance are going to be required for years to come as we emerge to a new landscape in society as a whole. Now, for the church body, it may mean reconfiguring our services so that we can accommodate smaller groups and more of them. In a seminar I attended recently, one strategist suggested that the age of the mega church has come to an end, and perhaps in the future, different churches will even begin sharing their buildings or doing more with less. Well, I'm not a prophet. I don't pretend to know the future, but all that kind of makes sense to me. But frankly, we are a people whose forefathers and mothers in the faith have shown us the way to endure, who themselves survived and even thrived through the challenges of their day and emerged even stronger than before. Well, maybe you can sit down with your elderly fathers and mothers and ask them to tell you their stories of survival. Let that be an encouragement to you, or search through the Bible and read about the stories of survival that you find there, about Israel as they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and how God met their every need in miraculous ways, or how David survived 20 years of being pursued by his enemies, or about Joseph who survived being sold into slavery, enduring imprisonment, and rising as a leader in Egypt, or even about Jesus in the wilderness, or Paul in his missionary journeys and how he survived persecution and imprisonment and being stoned to death. All these stories are about resilience and steadfastness. Victor Frankl taught us that, quote, when we have a why to live, we can bear with almost any how. I believe the last mile and the opportunities we have before us can become the moment of rebirth for our faith and for the church. That is, if we can endure and persevere the chaos before us. But we need to begin focusing on the why we are here and then how we will act and what we will do. And that is, my friend, the formula for hope. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join me again next week. And think about who you can pass this podcast along to who might need some encouragement also.